Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports to the Max resumes. Beautiful day outside, but still a cloud over the... Uh... Sports community, for sure, the football world and beyond, um, with the passing of Marion Barber III. Joining us, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, one of the people I thought of first when I heard the news, Brad Anderson, his high school coach, and uh, he's had to digest a lot of information over the last uh, 24-plus hours. Brad, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm my pleasure. Uh, I wish it was for a better reason yeah. but uh, or a happier reason, but... Um, yeah, Marion uh, was a was a, a different different player, different person. Take me back uh, when you first saw him. I, I'd imagine he was what freshman or sophomore in high school. What do you remember about him the first time? Your first impressions? Well, the the big thing about Marion is, um, you know, he 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 truly loved playing the game of football, and you could just see that in his face from when he was in youth football coming up. Um, at camps and whatnot, uh, he had a very quiet personality uh, off the football field. But when he got on the football field, you could just see the elation in his face of being out there, and and um, and you could pick him out pretty quickly because he, he was quicker and, and more agile than any of the other players out there on the field at the time. So uh, there was quite a difference even from ninth grade on about – uh, his ability on the field compared to his peers. So he had the it factor right away, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. There was no no doubt that he was a a different level of player than what I'd ever seen before. And um, I've only seen a, a couple players or had the opportunity to coach a couple players that I would say um, are up in that same stratosphere. So yeah, a, a real special player. And as he moves on. Uh... He uh, he's a running back in a corner. He played both ways for you, right? Yes, he did. And, you know, we only play him part-time on defense for the early part of the year. I think he played in about, uh, talking to Lombo um, a few years ago, like in about eight games. And yet he ended up with, I think it was 11 interceptions. 
and um, he just had a knack for the ball, and um, and he could really you know just break on it. And offensively, he was our best blocker, and he was our best ball carrier, and he was our best receiver. So um, it was really easy to play him on offense. That's for sure. Glenn Mason talked this morning about the fact that they they recruited him at the end as a cornerback. Uh, and and uh, figuring that, hey, if we're going to miss, let's miss on a Minnesotan was basically the theory. Uh, and, and Marion came into his office in the spring of his senior year in high school and said, please let me at least try a running back. And and, and, and Mace said, well, and, and this, I, this is pretty logical. He said, sure, you're fr- you think in your freshman year, you're not going to play anyway. So if you want to play running back and then, you know, you'll see that, you know, you probably can't make it and we'll switch you to cornerback. But he must have had a quiet confidence about himself that uh, that he would do that. You know, I think he got that confidence from his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad, um, for from for anyone who's ever met Marion uh, Jr., they would realize that Marion is very humble, yet uh, and a very proud man who um, is confident in who he is and his ability, and was a great running back in his own own time. And and I think Marion, well, I know Marion looked up to his father, and um, had a lot of the same traits, kind of quiet off the field, but when he spoke, everyone listened. What kind of a personality did he have when you coached him? When it was just you and him in the, in the room or you know, before practice, those kinds of things. So Marion was one of those guys that never really talked about himself other than what, what do you need from me, coach? What do you want me to do? What do, what do you need me to do? And uh, we had a game as senior year. We had switched offenses because the year before we were in an option offense, and um, the moment our quarterback got hurt, the other team said, we're all going to tackle Marion and make your quarterback carry the ball. So we decided uh, we better have an offense that we can hand the ball off to him. Mm-hmm. And um, so the first week, we did not play well, and we were still learning how to block it and, and everything, and we just we got crushed. And Marion comes in after the game and just says, Coach, you know, what can I do? What can I do to help the team? And that, that was his attitude always. You know, if you asked him to play cornerback, he'd play cornerback. If you asked him to play uh, running back, he'd play. He would have played guard if we had asked him to play guard. You know, he would have wanted to be the running back, but he would do whatever he was asked to do to make the team better. And because of that, everyone else, you know, how can you be selfish on a team when the best player on the team by a long way uh, we'll do whatever the team asks. Everyone else picks up on that attitude. And, and so he was a leader with his actions as much as anything. Brad Anderson is our guest, former Wyzetta football coach, the coach uh, Marion and Don Barber uh, at Wyzetta High School. And we're remembering the life of Marion Barber III. Um, he went to Minnesota, and, and, and I think one of the, the telltales I always thought, at least that I found interesting at minimum, uh, was uh, he got there when it was running back you. Uh, they, they were hitting the jackpot at that time. They they had him. They, then the Lawrence Maroney came uh, when when uh, uh, Marion was hurt for a year. Uh, Terry Jackson ran for over a thousand yards, and he had to transfer the next year because there was no room for him. Thomas to pay. They converted to a fullback because they just didn't need him to play running back. Uh, but he and Lawrence Maroney had to share the spotlight, so to speak. Maroney, of course, a future at, at that time that would become a, a first round draft pick of the New England Patriots. But those two became very good friends, even though they were vying for the same carries in the same turf. How did that strike you? Didn't surprise me at all. Um, when Marion was in high school, we had another pretty good running back at the time, um, Otis Smallwood. Yeah, he had a good and, career. 
after yeah, as well. He had yeah. a very good career. Yep. And and Otis played fullback and Marion played halfback. And I think they both wound up with between 1,700 and 1,800 yards for the year. They were both one, two. And Marion was just as excited when Otis scored as he was when he scored and vice versa. And again, going back to that, Marion was always a team player. He always, he never worried who got the touchdown. He never, because he knew when he got his chance, he would step up. And so when I saw that one, two combination, and it was a fun period back then in gopher football, because between the scheme and the staff, they knew how to coach it. They knew what players they were looking for at their different types of positions, like a, Esslinger as a center and guys like that, um, you know, they literally would just carve up great defenses running the ball. And, and the defenses knew that they were going to run the ball, and they still did it. And so um, Maroney was a little more explosive, a little faster, but Marion was, um, in my opinion, a tougher back, a more complete back, um, you know, could run both inside and outside and catch the ball and block. But together they made a dynamic um, combination. You, you know, Brad, I was watching the video last night, of course, as we were putting our stories together and we're getting video from Dallas and I'm, I'm pulling up the files of him from uh, college and high school. Uh, I had forgotten or I didn't even remember. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd call him a violent runner, but pretty close to him. I mean, he really tried to give a licking, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was a very, you know, as he got further up, you know, in high school, he was a, a physical player. But he was just so uh, uh, nifty and able to make cuts and make guys miss that he didn't always have to use it. I think as he got into the Big Ten and then specifically when he got into the pros, he realized that his calling card was his style, his his um, ferocious uh, running style, especially between the tackles. And he kind of got a nickname for that. Um, I think it was down there. They were started calling him Marion the Barbarian, and yeah, and yeah, he he just had a very punishing style, and um, it was very distinctive. I mean, uh, you could see one of his runs, and you knew instantly without even seeing what team it was that it was Marion. What was it like to watch him on Sunday? You, you know, in fairness, he's not the first one from Wyzetta. Uh, you know, you, you obviously uh, Ben Hamilton, James Laronitis, his brother Dom, uh, Marion. I, I mean, there, there's a pretty good, pretty good roster of kids that have made it to the NFL. But what was it like for a high school coach to watch him as a feature piece with the Dallas Cowboys? Well, you know, you know, here you have uh, so-called America's team, a team that everyone either loves or hates. And he was he was their star player back then for a few years. And, yeah. And you know, I think what I was most proud about was just how he handled himself. Um, he never became, um, you know, different than who he was when he was in high school. And that was a very humble player who was all about team success, who gave credit to others, and um, who played with emotion and passion on the football field and um, carried himself in a very dignified manner off the field. And that's who I remember. I remember this uh, kid with uh, a great smile who had just class. Did he, I mean, when you're, when you, this is an assistant coach for the Vikings who was an assistant coach for the Cowboys told me that even as an assistant coach, he couldn't go out sometimes because you'd get mobbed, you know, in Dallas by it. Once they found out the Cowboy connection, what was that 
piece of it like for him? Because he, he was, as you mentioned, one of the best players on America's team in a city that embraces it. Did, did he shun that? Did, did he enjoy that? What was the spotlight like for him in, in the ultimate spotlight city? You know, Marion never wanted the spotlight. Um, uh, Mary, Marion was just fine. Um, as long as his teammates knew he, he was uh, giving it his all and the people in uh, the organization or, or in our case, in, in his teammates, uh, that's all he needed. He didn't need to be, um, you know, some players really look for that. They, they play the sport because they want that fame. And Marion was just the opposite. And I remember seeing uh, years later, uh, and I never knew this at the time, but he was a great piano player. I and saw that when they were doing the, you know, when they went, whatever it was, behind the scenes with Dallas. There, there's a yeah. shot of him at his beautiful home playing the piano. Yeah, and he, he never really said anything about it. But you could tell that here is a person who enjoyed being by himself and and playing the piano and doing some of those things that um, he, he was an introvert, I think, in a lot of ways. And he didn't, it wasn't that he didn't like people but he recharged by being by himself. Brad, as time went on, obviously we know that uh, he had his bouts with, uh, I guess people would call it mental illness and, and, and issues, et cetera. Um, you know, everybody connected kind of the football community worried about him to an extent. What was that like for you over the last several years? Because it, it was hard to get, you know, um, it was hard to really figure out where he was at sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at a picture that I had taken with him just about 10 years ago now. And um, it was a day that Marion came out to our practice field and I hadn't seen Marion for a couple of years. And, uh, and he came out there and, and had this big grin and gave me a big hug. And, and we sat and talked for a while and, and he just shared a lot of personal things with me. And, and um, you know, it was just wonderful connecting with him as a, as a grown man who um, I had had the opportunity to coach years before, and and now he was a successful football player. And, um, you know, at the end of it all, um, I never thought that that would be the last time I would see him. Yeah. Um, Over the years, um, a number of his friends and family reached out to him. I reached out to him a couple times and wasn't able to get back in contact with him. And, and I know he did some training for boxing at one point, and I think he did some, maybe I had heard some bodyguard, or maybe he was involved in a bodyguard business or something like that, but I never knew for sure. But, um, you know, Marion retreated back and pulled himself away from a lot of the people who loved him mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. And unfortunately, um, I don't think he got to to. Um, experience the love that so many people had for him and really know how much people really cared about him. Yeah, and I hope he never thought that that was contingent on him being in the spotlight, you know, because sometimes that happens to guys. They think, well, why would anybody want me now that I'm not, you know, famous? Yeah, and I think it was, I think it was more that um, um, he just, uh, you know, the game took a lot out of him, and I think, yep. he, you know, it, it maybe made him more of who he was, which was, more introverted, um, I'll never know, and, and most people, I guess, will never know. But um, unfortunately, that was kind of the last five or six years here. And I know yeah. even his brother didn't really get a chance to connect with him very much. And 
yeah. had lost contact with him and yep. not to say he didn't love him, but um, no, 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 but just, yeah, it's one of those, Brad, before I let you go, you're back into coaching uh, and you're retiring from one administrative and, and going into, into coaching. Uh, well, you were with the Orno staff last year, going to uh, up it a little bit this year's offensive coordinator, even during times like this, when you hurt, uh, isn't it pretty cool? to be surrounded by the family of football and, 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 and what you gave to it, uh, you still feel so connected to it, even on, on the worst days? Oh, Mike, I, I've received far more from football than I've ever given to it. And I think that's true. I think my, my uh, other coaches who've coached with me and who I get to coach with now would say the same thing. And there's just something special about um, being on a team um, and there's there's no team sport that's more special than football, and that's because um, there are so many people, but everyone contributes. And I missed it. You know, I've been out for about I was out for about five years, and COVID convinced me um, you got to do something with your time. You got yep. too much time here to sit around. And and I thought, what do I really love doing? And I hmm. I decided I really love being around the the kids and coaches and the the referees you know and and don't quote me on that but no i won't you know, but you hear the band in the background warming up and it's a pretty good friday night right and it's just such a a wonderful experience and and even practices are wonderful you go out there and you know and some mornings during two a days it's a little cool still but it's just such a great feeling to be out there with people who uh, care about each other and and it truly is uh, a part of america Last question for you, Brett. I mentioned you're, you're leaving your administrative job. You, you've done your tenure. You've met all the standards. You're vested, all those things. But just tell me, uh, for parents out there and for students out there, where are we at right now in 2022? Because we've seen these poor kids that graduated this year, last year, et cetera, have gone through hell and back, maybe without realizing it, with COVID and all that's gone on. How do you feel uh, about our current kids that, that, you know, over the last few years and what worries you the most as, you know, as we talk about mental illness and everything else and what they've been through? Well, I know personally it was difficult being isolated for so much time during these last two years of COVID. And and I know the same is true for students. Um, Students do best when they're with each other, when they're with their teachers, when they're in social situations, whether it's a part of the choir or going to, you know, being a part of the band or a sports organization and school is so much more than just the content. And I think that's something that was really evident during these last two years that people missed the experience, the socialization of being in a school setting together and um, both teachers and students. Yeah. And we have a lot of stars that might be hidden, but they're there. And that's true for not only students, but also staff. Uh, we have a lot of teachers who are really struggling right now. And mm. it, it's because uh, it's been difficult with COVID and, and dealing with that, as well as the challenges of teaching in hybrid and, and distance learning and mm. in school, but then absences. And um, it's a tough time to be an educator, but um, we have good people in the field and, and hopefully other good young people will see it as, as a field to go into. And hopefully people will see it as a field that needs to be supported because um, it's an investment in everyone's future. Mm. When you put money into education, it's not just 
it's not just for those kids. It's for the people that they're going to be taking care of someday. So I think uh, I can't think of a better place to put money um, as far as getting a return on it. Well, Brad, I appreciate your time very much. I hope the next time it's uh, it's not under a difficult uh, situation like this. But thank you for sharing uh uh, giving us a peek at Marion Barber the third that uh, most people never got to know. But thank you for doing that during a tough time. And I look forward to talking just football with you and Orono football the next time I see you. That's a deal, Mike. Um, thanks so much for letting me share my thoughts on Marion. You bet. Brad Anderson, former head coach at West Ada High School. He's in the high school football coaches Hall of Fame. And now out of retirement helping at uh, Orono High School. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 